Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Being obedient to him, he had me come home and uh, I get to spend a lot of time in prayer. And doing this three year journey, uh, he didn't tell me he was going to have me write a book, you know, how he likes to put things in it, doesn't tell you. And uh, so I have uh, started a year long, what he calls a prayer devotional, with a different uh, prophetic exhortation for each day for the body of Christ, followed by a vision of what he's doing in the church that day and scriptures to pray. And so now the journey he has me on is taking that particular uh, prayer devotional and going through it myself daily to see, you know, just how it flows and just how it sits with the body of Christ. And so I wanted to share with you quickly uh, what he gave me for uh, yesterday that's in the devotional. The word was confident because I had been uh, studying faith in reading uh, a book by F.F. F. Bosworth on Christ the Healer that he also had me go through uh, for the last two-year journey and take co- communion with it each morning. And he was dealing with me about the God that does not lie, okay? And so the word was confident. And confident means feeling or showing confidence in yourself or others. It's self-assured, assured, self-confident, positive, poised, cool-headed, level-headed, unperturbed. And here's the word for, to, for yesterday. Be confident in this very thing. He who has begun a good work in you is able to complete it. I will finish what I start as my people yield themselves to me in specific areas. Never stop learning. Never stop growing. My kingdom is overall. It will infiltrate every area of your life that you allow it to. Yes, knowledge in and of itself puffs up the one that thinks they can truly understand my word without the spirit of wisdom and revelation making it applicable to your life and prayers. Many have stopped because of the influence of religious spirits. The letter kills, but my spirit is what makes everything come alive. My word requires a response, not a reaction. It's not for the head, it's for the heart. Allow my word of truth to change you. Allow my sayings to console you. Become a lover of the truth, for it is my truth that causes freedom to become pleasant to the soul. Freedom is obtained when truth mingles with your desire. Faith rallies you to stand on the truth you have heard. Your destiny aligns with your life and all things become beautiful because you see clearly in an area. My word becomes precious to your soul. And my response to him was, Lord, how do we pray this for other people? And his answer was, bind deaf and dumb spirits which hinder people from wanting more. You hear that prayer, people? Bind deaf and dumb spirits which hinder people from wanting more. Then release the ability to grow in the things of God. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow up in the things of God. Pray for my people to truly see me. Pray for them to become pursuers of the truth of God. The day of liberation has now come. My people must be led to freedom. Nothing missing, nothing broken is what is being offered. I need many to disciple my harvest, yet many have not been discipled themselves. A crash course in kingdom living is needed, so release now the kingdom, into situations 
that scream death, defeat, and hopelessness. I am the God of all hope. Man's positives without dunamis will not bring lasting change. The change agent is known by people. It is time, excuse me, the change agent is known by my people. It is time for Holy Spirit to be known by the world as they observe your life. Masses are coming to me in your nation, so prepare. All is coming to fullness now. Be confident in my love for you and others. You are indeed the people of my heart, says the Lord. Man, I thought that was a very timely exhortation uh, for us this morning as God's going to speak to us today on the topic of gifted to serve. It's an honor to be with you, and it's a delight to see Pastor Willie here. He wasn't here with us the last time I was here. And, oh, yeah, by the way, my time starts now. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to make sure I do not go too long this morning, but uh, it's just an honor to be with you this morning. Um, I do want to share our message, and you know, anytime you get a chance, the opportunity to minister God's word, you want God's heart for the people, and I felt like it was such a simple message, um, but yet, like like the prophetic word says, uh, God wants us to grow. And uh, the scripture, I have my notes and outline, but I'm not really worried about that, I'm going to just really try to speak to you as the Lord is speaking here this morning. Um, he gave me a scripture when I was first praying about it, First uh, Peter 4.10, which we'll get into this morning. If you have your Bibles, we encourage you to go with us. That'll be our kind of our key scripture. And then we'll be in Romans chapter 2 and First uh, Corinthians um, uh, chapter 14 a little bit. But God's given every one of us a gift. And uh, most people, I think, are familiar with some kind of sports. And how many of you enjoy sports of some sort? Most people, most people enjoy sports. Um, in most sports, it's usually a team that uh, is required to participate in that sport. Basketball, football, baseball is, is a team sport, and and there's many many positions that are required to make the team work. But, you know, in the church, we're uh, uh, a metaphor or something that the Scripture uses is that we're called the body of Christ. And many, many times in the church, I mean, there's literally thousands of people that go out for athletic teams every year. You know, some of them can play, and and be honest, some of them can't play. But they still go out and they want to participate. And sadly, in the church... Oftentimes, people that God has put in position are missing completely from the team, or they're missing completely from participation in the team. And so I want to encourage you this morning that God has an assignment, he has a calling, he has a gifting that he's given to every one of us as followers of Christ, and he desires for us to use that gift. He desires for us to use that gift and that calling. So every believer, every person that's received Jesus Christ as the Lord of their life, and when they start the journey of following him as a disciple, God gives you a gift. The gift is not for yourself. 
that's important to understand. The gift is for the, the body. It's for other people. Now, sadly, uh, you know, most of us like recognition. One of my five love languages, words of affirmation. So when people pat me on the back, ooh, man, it just fills my tank. You know what I'm talking about? It really, really fills my tank. But I can't let that inflate me. I can't let that lift me up uh, in pride or arrogance or make me feel like I'm special, more special than anyone else. God has given every single one of us that are followers of Christ a special gift. And, and they're called spiritual gifts. They're called spiritual gifts. So let, let's look at 1 Peter 4.10, uh, first of all, uh, that text scripture, verse 10, through, uh, 10 and 11. And I, I love reading the scripture. Um, and so as I teach, I usually just teach kind of like I read it when I'm reading in my personal devotions. Verse 10 says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Employ it as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Would you pray with me? Father, we just acknowledge you this morning. We come into your presence with thanksgiving. We come into your courts with praise. We do honor the presence of the Lord in this place. Lord, we we do desire your presence above all things, Lord. Holy Spirit, we're asking that you would speak to us, that you would open our ears and our hearts to hear not my voice, but your voice, Holy Spirit. We're asking that you would stir us. We're asking that you would quicken us. We're asking that you would ignite something within us, God, that will move us beyond complacency and satisfaction to a place of spiritual passion and hunger. We thank you for being in our midst today. We thank you for the spirit of revelation flowing in us today, Lord. And truly our response wants to be that we want to uh, obey you and to do what you have called us to do. So we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. All right, so everybody has received a gift. And I want you to, again, think of it like um, the physical body. And there's many, many parts of the, the physical body that we have. We've got fingers, we've got toes, we've got ears, noses, a mouth. And, and my hands interact with my toes, you know, not that frequently. Only when I, like, trim my toenails or when I'm putting on my socks is about the only time that they have interaction. But, you know, it doesn't matter. They're still connected. They're still connected to each other. In Romans uh, 12 verse 4 Romans 12 4 the scripture says for just as we have many members in one body and all members do not have the same function I want you to begin to see and I want you to, to receive this that even as you're, if you're a Christian if you're a follower of Christ you have a part that you play, a role that you play in the body, but it's different than everybody else's role. Now, there may be some that have the same um, gift in the sense of if we can prophesy, you know, there's many of us that could prophesy, or if we can teach, there's many of us that can teach. But there, there's a context 
that our gifts need to be placed in. And one of the things that really disturbed me years ago, probably about four years ago, I, I read an article about church attendance. And it said that there's a trend in the United States anyway that church attendance is growing less and less. People are attending church maybe once a month, twice a month. And there's all different kinds of reasons. There's TV online. I mean, we show our services online. People have more money. There's sports and all kinds of things like that. But what I want you to see is that we can't let the trends of the world shape and run our lives in the body of Christ. Amen. God calls us to be separate and apart. Not that we don't engage in the world, but we don't let the world dictate how we live our lives. And, and it's so important that we be with the body of Christ. Because that's one of the places that our gifts are going to be discovered it's one of the places that our gifts are going to be manifested. It's where our gifts are going to be nurtured and cultivated so that they're sharpened, so that when we go out into the world, we're able to, to, to minister in such a way that it brings glory and it brings honor to God. So there's many members in the body, and they have different functions. Now, a second scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 pretty much says the same thing it says as the body is one so everybody say one there's one body of christ and it has many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body now look at this last little phrase so also is christ so also is christ so we could see the significance of the different parts of our body and if one part of our body is is hurting or is um, injured or is not operating right, it, it causes discomfort in, our, in the rest of our body. I have a, a, a friend, used to be a co-worker at a, a manufacturing company I used to work at, and she had, I think, uh, I won't say a knee replacement or something on her foot. And so she was hampering her foot for several weeks. And guess what happened as a result of that? She hampered that foot so long and now her hip is hurting. I don't know if anybody ever experienced that because she had to compensate. She had to compensate. She had to compensate for the weakness in that foot. And it put undue strain on the other leg. And so now that leg is, 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 is straining and is suffering. And see, we don't seem to make that correlation in the, our significance in the body of Christ. When we're not serving, when we don't know what our gifts are, when we don't know what God has called us to do, and we're not operating in that role, it's literally taking strength from another part of the body. It's literally taking strength from another part of the body. And so it says we're... We're many members in the body, and they all have different functions. Now, the next verse is one of those words that I say uh, when God quickens a scripture to me. Um, 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen. it says, But now God has set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased who? Him. As it pleased him. God has set 
the members in the body. See, a lot of times we think that we have the option to float around and, well, I'll try this church or I'll try that church or uh, this ministry or that ministry. But, saints, I want to tell you, God has a place for you to be planted. He has a place for you to be planted. And I know most of you guys are probably planted here So I want you to not only receive this message, but I want you to take this message to other people you interact with. Because I'm sure you know some floaters. (laughs) Amen. I'm sure you know some floaters. People that aren't really rooted and grounded or they're living independently of the body of Christ. And God wants us to be established. He's set in the body every member as it pleased him. God does that. God sets people in the body. I mean, we love Grace Church. We've been there going on um, 15, no, 20 years, 20 plus years now. And when we first got there, we we didn't really like it. I mean, at that time, we were probably a little bit under 200 people, probably a little bit under 200 people. And and we came from one of those free-flowing churches, you know, just was a little bit less structure. I'll put it like that, a little bit less structure. And so it took a season, but God told us this is where we want you to be planted. And so we've been planted there for 20-plus years now. And don't plan on going anywhere unless the Lord says to go. But many, many people in the body of Christ haven't been rooted and planted in the house of the Lord, and therefore they're not flourishing. Or in their minds they might be flourishing, but the gifts aren't for you. The gifts are for the body. And when your part's missing, the body is suffering. The body is suffering. So all parts of the body of Christ are important, and they should be valued. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Uh, Verse 20 through 22, the Apostle Paul writing says, But now there are many members, many, many, many different members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it's much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are what? Necessary necessary the parts of the body that seem to be weaker to be necessary and paul goes on to say we even bestow more more honor on them now i don't know about you but whenever i go into a a business um and i have to have a phone call from mother nature you know talking about i have to go to the restroom if that restroom is nasty i'm like i don't want to come back here a restaurant we're going to it, and it's nasty, and it's unclean. Now, I'll tell you, one of the least glorified jobs in a business or in a restaurant is cleaning the bathrooms. But guess what, how you feel about that business if, if that bathroom is not clean? And so you won't see the person that cleans the bathroom on 2020. You won't see them on Saturday Night Live. Because that, in our minds, would be like a menial task. But when it's missing, we we definitely see and we experience the result of what's lacking in that. 
And so in, in the body of Christ, your gifting and your calling is, is important. And it's important that you understand it, and it's, it's got to be valued. It is valued. I know the leadership in the church here and our church values every member of the body is important. Every member of the body is important. Every member is necessary. So um, I want to read just a little bit here. Uh, and this last night, actually, the Lord injected this scripture. It's Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 16, and hopefully if you guys got that on that slide, Ephesians 4, uh, 16. Uh, For whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies. Now, just I want you to catch that. The body of Christ, just like your physical body, is fitted and it's actually held together by what? Every joint supplies. You need to underline that in your Bible. What every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Of the building up of itself in love. The whole body is fitted together. God places you. If you're a toe, God doesn't place you on the head. Right? If you're a foot, God doesn't place you on the head. And so sometimes we want to, sometimes because of our flesh and our human nature, we want to be in a place where God hasn't really placed us. You guys know what I'm talking about? Have you ever experienced that in your, in your life? And, and, you know, in our culture, we always encourage and exhorting people, to, you know, uh, you know, you got to go to the next level. You know, and, and, and I'm not saying you don't want to have motivation or ambition, but you got to stay in your lane in the kingdom of God. Amen. you, you got to stay in your lane in the kingdom of God. You've got to function where God has called you to operate and to be. Does anybody know the story of Hezekiah? I'm just way off my notes here, but this is coming to mind. King Hezekiah was one of the greatest kings in Israel. He led them in righteousness, turning away from idols, serving God. He was really brilliant. He came up with all kinds of inventions that made uh, living life better uh, in, their, in their society, all kinds of engineering type stuff. But one day he was doing so good, he thought it was just okay for him to go into the temple and to burn incense. And the priest said, oh, no, that's not for you to do, Hezekiah. And long story short, he ended up getting leprosy. And uh, the remainder of his time he was, was spent as a leper. So that's just an example of, of when we let pride lift us up and we try to step into an arena that God hasn't called us to be in. But we've got to be content and we got to know that we're valued right in the place where God has called us to be and to operate. So every member of the church can contribute something to the, to the uh, prosperity of the whole church. I mean, every member of the church should contribute something to the prosperity of the whole he should be no more idle or unemployed than a nerve or a blood vessel in the human body. 
You probably have never even seen a blood vessel other than maybe in science class on a microscope. Or some of the arteries and things in our body that's so fearfully and wonderfully made. But if something happens and that thing isn't working, it can really cause a lot of damage. And you don't even see it. Right? And most of us like ministries that we that have some visibility. Um, one of one of my chief giftings is is serving, and so I, I have a very very strong gift of serving. And, and people that have a gift of serving, they just see a need and they say, "Oh, I think I can help out with that." <laughs> you know, uh, and, and so I'm I'm drawn to to help even more than preaching or teaching necessarily. I'm just drawn to to help people with needs. When I came on staff at, at uh, Grace Church. Um, I had actually had a vision one day uh, in the church we were leaving, and I saw m- myself and Pastor Randy standing side by side. And um, it was just a little quick kind of a snapshot, mental snapshot in my mind. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. And I knew Pastor Randy. I didn't really like, he was. we weren't attending the church, but I just knew him. Uh, as a brother in Christ and that kind of thing. So later we started attending Grace, and one of the pastors on staff there, I told him about it, and he gave me the interpretation of it, that it was a partnership. It was a partnership. And so a, a serving gift has the ability to come alongside another gift, take some of the weight and the responsibility off of that gift so they're able to function better in what they're doing. Does that make sense? And so many of us in the body of Christ, God, we're all called to be servants, right? Jesus himself said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Take the weight off of another ministry so that 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 person's gift is able to expand and grow and be utilized more by using your gift to serve. Because when a person's operating in their dominant gift, and some of us have more than one gift, when they're operating in that gift, that gift is an attraction. It actually attracts people to it. Uh, a leader or a shepherd, apostles, that gift attracts people to it. And so when that person is operating in that gift, now if he's got the clean the bathrooms, if he's got to make the coffee, if he's got to sweep the floor, instead of discipling people and putting structure and organization in the church. Do you see how that could hinder the church? And so one of the things is our gifts, as First Peter says, everybody has one. Use it to serve the body. Use your gift to serve the body. Who is it that I can come alongside and give my, whatever my gift is, and let their gift excel a little bit more so that it can minister to more people. So all the parts are valuable. All of us are valuable in the body of Christ. So why don't people use their gifts? Why is it that people don't use their gifts? Well, one, a lot of times they don't know what their gifts are. They don't really know what their spiritual gifts are. Sometimes they feel afraid of of taking a risk to use their spiritual gifts. And sometimes there's just a fear of commitment. Well, if I use my gift, they're going to ask me to serve every Sunday or, you know, whatever it might be. A fear of commitment is a lot of times why some people don't use their gifts. So 
there is a little bit of a warning in Scripture in uh, Matthew. Uh, let's see, my reference is here. I think my brother would have it on the screen. Yeah, put it up there, brother. I can't see it on my notes. <laughs> so th- see how we're functioning together as a team? He's bringing supply to me, Matthew 25, 24. And it's the, it's the, the story uh, goes a little bit like this. I just set it up for you. Jesus is talking about actually money and how we steward money. Uh, but I believe the principle can be seen even in that for, for serving in the body of Christ. Okay. In verse 24, and one of the uh, one also who had received the one talent. Now, one received five, one received three, and, and the other one received one. The one who had received one talent came and said, Master, I knew you to be hard man, reaping where you didn't sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. I went away and hid your talent in the ground. You, you see, you have what, what, what was yours. And you know the story goes on to say that it wasn't a good ending for that guy. It really wasn't a good good ending for him, and so uh, you read it. I'm, I'm, I want this to be an encouraging message, but just go read the end of that parable. And so God wants us to steward our gift. He wants to actually make it increase. The way it increases is kind of like a muscle. You've got to use it. You've got to use it. You've got to give yourself to giving to it. And the gifts, and I know I'm looking at your website. I know you guys have spiritual gift tests on your website. I know that the resources for you to learn more about your gifts are there. I just want to encourage you that your gift is important and it's valued. It's not insignificant, even though you might feel like it's, it's not seen. It's, it's really valued to the body of Christ. And just like um, all the parts of our body that we can't see internally, but they're working they're doing amazing jobs that if it would stop doing it, you know, we could be unhealthy or we could literally, literally die. Amen. All right. So I want to give you a couple of examples of spiritual gifts being used from Scripture. And I could tell you about lots of people. I had one young lady at work. Her name is Susan. And when I say work, church, she, uh, I asked her, I says. Susan, what makes you uh, enjoy serving? She's one of our hospitality people. And she says she just loves greeting people and making people feel welcomed, you know, in our church or whatever. And she says, I just love doing it. I just love making them feel comfortable. And when I do it, I'm gratified. So when you're operating in your gift, There is a certain amount of satisfaction that comes because you're operating in your gift, in your sweet spot. You're operating in that place where God's anointed you to bring supply to the body of Christ. And it brings a gratification to you. And in Acts chapter 18, there's a guy by the name of Apollos. Uh, He uh, actually later became an apostle. Um, And I'm just going to hit this real quickly uh, Acts 18 says a certain Jew named Apollos from Alexandria says he was eloquent and mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. And this man had been instructed in the way of the Lord and fervent in the spirit. He spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he only knew the baptism of John. So long story short, Priscilla and Aquila 
showed him a little bit more excellent way, I think, that got him filled with the Holy Spirit. And verse 27 says, And when Apollos wanted to go across to Achia, the brethren encouraged him and uh, wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who believed through grace. For he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating through the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. So the brothers released his gift to go to a, a different region, a different territory. And it says he greatly helped those who believed through the gift of knowledge and through the gift of teaching. He was able to build them up and help them to understand that Jesus was in fact the Christ. And he was proving it uh, to them through the Torah, the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. He was doing it through the scriptures. Um, the last one is a, a lady by the name of Dorcas in Acts chapter 9, verse 36. And I just want to read this. Now, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. This woman was abounding with good de- with deeds and kindness and charity, which she continually did. So she had a gift of serving. She had a gift of hospitality. Um, And it was a blessing to the body of Christ in her region there. So how do you discover what your gifts are? How do you discover what your your spiritual gifts are? One of the first things you need to do is you need to start with a definition. And um, if you want to use one I use, it's a little um, spiritual gift exercise on the web. It's called Gifted, the number two, Serve, Gifted to Serve. And they have definitions of spiritual gifts there. And when you read a definition, you look at it and you see how it compares to your life. Um, And some are going to just match instantly just by reading the definition of it. Then you want to look at your experiences. You want to look at experiences that you have. And that's why it's so important to be in the body of Christ is because it's in that interaction that your gift just begins to work. I mean, you don't even have to try to pump it up or anything like that. It just begins to work. Um, I used to pray for people a lot, and I don't even think I really knew what prophetic ministry was, but I would just pray for people, and they would say, wow, how did you how did you know that? I was like, I don't know. I'm just praying what I'm hearing coming out of my spirit, you know, and, and obviously it ministered to them. It brought grace. It brought encouragement. It brought help to them, and then I went on and began to learn about prophetic ministry in a little bit more detail. So look at the uh, experiences. Now, even in school, any school teachers in here? No, no school teachers. Y'all need to get some school teachers. And that's how you get kids in church. But uh, if, if you say we're going to form a line and go out to recess, I guarantee you in five minutes a leader is going to, a leader is going to uh, emerge out of that group. Is that not right? It's just in them. They're going to want to take charge. They're going to tell you this is the way you do it. It's through that interaction. So examine your experiences. Ask friends what do they see in you. Get input from other people. Um, Your friends can tell you about the gifts that you have. I I love the story of uh, uh, the, the first deacons. 
And the apostles told them to look among you and choose seven men. So how did they recognize this? Well, they were already doing stuff. That's how they recognized them. They were already doing it. They didn't have to go through a course. They didn't have to, you know, have some kind of magic worked over them or anything like that. They were already doing it. And then simply because, um, then experiment. So this little chart, if they could throw that up real quickly on the screen. And it's got in the middle of it your purpose. Um, And then you can see it has like gifts and skills at the bottom. Uh, And it's got heart and relationship. And then uh, passion and, what is that word? I can't, can't see it from this angle. And then uh, your story and your expectations. And where those overlap, all of those things overlap, that's where you're going to find kind of like your sweet spot of, of ministry. You're going to find where your purpose flows. Now, you, you don't have to only do what your purpose is. You know, there's many things that I do that, that, that aren't in my job description or title or whatever or my giftings necessarily. So you identify those things, and then you get cultivated through being discipled at them. So I want to summarize by saying this. Identify your gifts and talents. Identify your motivation. What are you passionate about doing? Then find a need and start meeting it. Find a need and start meeting it. Jump in and start serving and utilizing those gifts. And you'll find that God will begin to anoint you in that. And you'll find that as you're operating in that gift, it brings a deposit to people. It brings strength to them. It brings encouragement uh, to them as you're operating in your gift. Whatever it is, if it's encouragement or, or serving, your gift is going to build the body of Christ. It's going to build people that you're in relationship with. It's going to strengthen them because you're giving your part. Even the, I mean, encouragement. I tell you, I believe encouragement. I'm not just talking about prophecy. Just the ability to encourage people is so needed. Oh, it's so needed. People come into church every Sunday and they're way down, just like you know our sister was saying, fighting through all kinds of stuff. And sometimes you might just put your arm around them and say, how are you doing today, brother, sister? And it just might lift that discouragement off of them. So I want to encourage you. First Peter 4.10 says, every follower of Christ has received a special gift. At least one, probably more than one. Use it. Use your gift and serving the body. And serving the body. And then recruit somebody to take your place. <laughs> as you grow, as you get promoted in the things of God, uh, don't leave your spot vacant. Find somebody else that you begin to disciple and raise up and nurture in that. And then the body of Christ will grow. And I don't want any of you to think that you're insignificant anymore. Because that's one of those things the devil fights with us the most is that, you know, everybody else is important except me. Everybody else has something to contribute except me. We all have something to contribute. We're all valuable, important, needed, needed, needed in the body of Christ. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you this morning for your word. I know it won't return void but it will accomplish 
what you desire. Father, I pray that you would awaken spiritual gifts in your people this morning. I pray, Father God, where there's been reservedness or timidity or uncertainty about what those gifts are and how they could be expressed, I bind those lies in Jesus' name, and I speak release over the people of God today, Lord. Thank you that you are the one that gives us an unction, that we've got an unction from you, Lord, to, to step out and to talk with our leadership where and how we can best utilize our spiritual gifts to bring strength to the body of Christ. We thank you and we praise you and we honor you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.